0: Welcome to a show where you will hear about how our liberty is being eroded by the very people that swear an oath to protect it. Today, the president signed a big new anti-terrorism bill that would expand the government's ability to track down terrorists, but at some cost. On this show, we will discuss many of the lies that the government, the government that hates us, by the way, we will discuss the lies that the people in positions of power and influence spread every day. And what is the best way to confuse children? Confuse them about their sexuality, confuse them about their gender, expose them to things that their little brains are not ready for yet. That is how they are confusing children. It is leading to chaos and Big Daddy government, of course, can be there to pick up, pick us all up and take care of us at the end of it. We will also talk about how current elected leadership at all levels of government has been corrupted power and control, as well as discuss the types of leadership needed to correct our republic's course. We the people, it was time to remember that we the people are the government. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians, that's the number one priority for the United States right now. I am your host, Larry Linton, retired US Navy Command Master Chief, and prior Tennessee House of Representatives, District 12 candidate. And welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome to Season 3, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, I'm back in the Goat Locker studio here in Sevierville, Tennessee, after an extended break from recording. Before we begin, I want to wish my younger brother a happy birthday. So, happy birthday, Rob. You know, it's hard to believe that I'm starting the third year of this podcast. What began as an outlet to vent my frustrations with the downward trajectory of our constitutional republic has turned into a platform where I can lend my voice to get us all to a place where we can, together, open the electorate's eyes to the corruption of what is supposed to be a government that is of, for, and by the people. We know that our state and federal governments no longer operate under that premise. These institutions that were established to secure the people's liberty have turned into a new aristocracy, an elite group of people that do not govern by the will of the people, but rule us through our own apathy. I want to give a huge thank you to the regular listeners for sticking with the show this past two years. Also, I want to welcome any new listeners. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with the people you know. I also send out a monthly newsletter with information discussed on the show, as well as information that does not make it into the podcast. You can find Liberty Leadership and Lies on most podcast platforms, as well as my website, Rumble, and various social media platforms like Instagram, True Social, Twitter, MeWe, Telegram, Facebook. I'm encountering some technical difficulty with Getter, but I should be back on that platform here in the near future. Speaking of Twitter, I hope you have all been following the slow drip of information being dropped regarding the Twitter files. In addition to revealing the outrageousness of government partnering with a social media company to silence opposition, the releases are somewhat hilarious in how the usurpers and their allies, you know, those useful idiots we have discussed in the past, it is hilarious observing their reactions to the Twitter files. It's almost as delicious as watching a meltdown that occurred on the left in November of 2016. More on the drips and drabs from the Twitter files in future episodes. But in the meantime, please go and take a look at them now. More importantly, share the information provided in them with everybody you know. Especially those family members, friends, and acquaintances that, quote unquote, just want to be left alone. Use the information in the drops to try and wake them up to the fact that there is currently no level of government that will just leave them alone. By the way, the website is Liberty, Leadership, and Lies. That's all one word, no punctuation, no spaces. Liberty, Leadership, and com. For the regular listeners, It's been quite a while since the last regular episode. Actually, it was the two-part episode that featured my discussion with the executive director and founder of Tennessee Stands, Mr. Gary Humble. I hope you all enjoyed those two shows. More importantly, if you live here in Tennessee, I hope you checked out the website TennesseeStands.org and signed up to receive their newsletters. I will be seeing Gary this weekend at the East Tennessee Grassroots Leadership Summit right here in Sevierville. There is a powerhouse lineup of speakers in addition to Mr. Gary Humble. There will be Ms. Andrea Gomez from Citizens for Renewing America, a Ms. Tricia Lucente from Parents' Choice Tennessee, as well as a few others. It will be a full morning of networking with fellow conservative leaders to get educated, connected, and inspired. I am looking forward to spending the day with these fantastic people. This event is being hosted by a great group of local patriots from Empowered Severe.
1: And I am humbled
0: by their request to lead the event in the Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of the day. As always, if you have any feedback about the show or just questions in general, or you would like to receive the newsletter, just shoot me an email. That email address is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. dot com. Again. Larry at Well, first off, let me fill you all in on some of what I've been doing for the past month. There were definitely some highs and lows in my life since the beginning of December. Each of those highs and lows taught me something. Well, more like they reminded me of something, which we will also get into when we close this week's episode. First, though, the good stuff. I alluded to an adventure in one of the late November episodes, without providing any details. Well, the adventure was awesome. It was a twofer adventure, which I happened to be along the ride for. That, of course, to handle the luggage. Denise, my mother, and I traveled to Europe in early December. The twofer came in the form of a trip fulfilling one of my mom's bucket list items of seeing a couple of Christmas markets in specific European cities and it was also to celebrate Denise's birthday we spent a week in prague which is the capital of the czech republic along with visits to dresden germany and vienna austria visiting prague has been on my mother's bucket list for quite some time it's a beautiful city full of history history that's good and bad some of the architecture and buildings we visited and toured they're older than our republic here in the united states heck some of the sites we visited even predate columbus's voyage of 1492. it was awesome if you go over to my rumble channel i shared some of the photos from the trip as part of this week's episode we had a wonderful time and denise and i are looking forward to returning sometime in the future it will definitely be during the spring or the fall though while the first few days there were pleasant but cold the last couple of days were brutally cold and with a lot of snow. Some of the historical sites we visited were Prague Castle. We toured the old Royal Palace, St. Vitus Cathedral, and St. George's Basilica on the castle grounds. And of course, the Christmas market there. We had to visit twice because the first time we went, St. Vita's Cathedral was closed to the public. The weather was beautiful that day. The second time we went, not so much sub-zero temps, significant wind, and snow. It was worth it though. St. Vitus and St. George were incredible examples of early Christian churches. We visited many churches in all three cities. In fact, in Dresden, we just happened to visit a church that was about to hold a service, so we attended the service. It was delivered in both Latin and German, so we didn't understand a word, but it was still awesome. Dresden, by far, had the biggest and most impressive Christmas market we visited in any of the three cities. These markets date back to the late Middle Ages in the German-speaking parts of Europe, as well as many other parts of the old Holy Roman Empire. One of the two we visited in Dresden was first held in 1434, making it one of the first true Christmas markets. As I mentioned, this trip was one of my mom's bucket list items. It was also a combo trip, celebrating my wife Denise's 39th birthday again. So she got to celebrate in two different countries as well. We took off on the trip on the 5th of December, but landed at London's Heathrow Airport the morning of December 6th. After a long layover, we then landed in Prague on the evening of the 6th. Two countries, heck, two capital cities of these European countries. Wow, what a way to spend a birthday, right? So our December kicked off with a bang, right? Well, you bet it did. Then we get home, and the wheels started falling off the cart. My dad had to be admitted to the hospital on December 16th. Now my dad, this is my biological father, the man who raised me actually passed away in 2015. But my dad and I had been estranged for many years. Many of those close to me know the whys and wherefores behind that. I won't rehash them on this program, mainly for the fact that it is behind me now and I learned the best lesson I could ever learn from it. Forgiveness. Anyway, my dad and I had started to communicate again early last year. You could say that the Cold War had started to thaw out. He had been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer earlier than that and I did not want him to leave this temporary home with any animosity between us. After he was admitted on the 16th for an infection, things went from bad to worse. After his admittance, the doctors then ran further tests, which revealed that cancer had completely taken over one of his internal organs. My brother took him home on hospice care just a few days later. Then comes December 23rd, which is supposed to be a great day for Denise and I, That's our wedding anniversary, a joyous occasion. Well, not so much for 2022. We got news that evening from our good friend and neighbor that his wife went into cardiac arrest and was unresponsive in the hospital. Denise and I had just exchanged some Christmas gifts with the both of them a couple of days prior to that because she was having a procedure that was going to be done in the hospital. Two days after the procedure and a day after coming home from an overnight stay in the hospital, she had a heart attack. Despite the best efforts of her husband and the EMTs and the hospital staff, she never regained consciousness and passed away on Christmas Eve. And then I get the call from my younger brother the evening of Christmas Day. My dad had passed away in his sleep after nearly three years of fighting cancer. So, not a good few days in the house, I could tell you, but there is a point to me sharing this information with you that we will get to at the conclusion of the show as well. As I mentioned, there were some highs and lows in December. There's also the news that I will be heading back into the field to begin consulting pretty soon. A short trip is scheduled for the end of this month, then back to a regular schedule beginning in February. Taking the time off at the beginning of last September was really necessary for the campaign. It wasn't expected, but a tough loss in that election. That loss ties into what I want to discuss at the end of the show today as well. Nothing is certain yet about future political aspirations, but as the old saying goes, my mama didn't raise a quitter. But at this point in my life, I am definitely ready to get back to work. Don't get me wrong, I love spending time with my wife and puppy here at the gateway to the Great Smoky Mountains, as well as being able to see my daughter and her husband on a regular basis and to attend worship services in my church in person. But it is the unproductive time surrounding those events that is getting to me.
1: I like to work.
0: Well, enough about what has been going on in my life the past couple of months. Let's talk about a couple of high-profile state and national news items to go along with the theme of this podcast. We'll start here in Tennessee, and it somewhat ties into my campaign. Less than a month after my rival won re-election, he introduced his first piece of legislation dealing with immigration for the upcoming General Assembly. It's not a very conservative piece of legislation, despite what some of his supporters are stating. Yes, these supporters are even in some of the same groups that I belong to. You see, he and his supporters, they state that this bill fixes a previous piece of bad supposedly conservative legislation. What I take away from this piece of legislation is two things. First, it makes it easier for Tennessee businesses to import temporary foreign labor by speeding up the process that employers must currently undergo when using J-1 or H-2B visa holders by bypassing double-checks on their ability to work legally in this country. Secondly, it prioritizes business profits and foreign workers over legal citizens. In both cases, it is the government picking winners and losers in the economy instead of securing the people's liberty. Securing the people's liberty, meaning the citizens of this country, would require legislation that makes it easier for them to obtain employment instead of visa holders. It would also mean not providing employers a cheaper method of employing this cheaper foreign labor. Prioritizing citizens over foreign workers and corporations is what government should be doing, not the other way around. Frankly, I don't care what other supposed conservatives are saying in defense of this piece of legislation. Boiled down to its essence, this proposed bill is a boon to businesses and visa holders. That is not a function of government. I'm hoping to accompany a group of other patriots on a trip to Nashville next week to talk with members of the General Assembly on its opening day of the legislative session. I'm hoping there will be more transparency from the General Assembly with regards to their subcommittee and committee votes being made public and on the record, and I will be letting them know that while I'm there. Of course, I will be asking a few of the members of the General Assembly if it will finally begin the real work needed to fully honor the Second Amendment here in Tennessee especially given the landmark Supreme Court decision in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Brun case last year. Mr. John Harris and the Tennessee Firearms Association are doing some heavy lifting in this area. But it would be nice if everybody that listens to this podcast here in Tennessee, that they write, email, or call their representatives and let them know that we would like true constitutional carry here in Tennessee. In other state news, the Tennessee Department of Children's Services is making the news again and not in a good way. Since its creation in 1996, this department has recurring failures. It has many people asking the question, if DCS has not learned how to keep children safe and track their care, why does the General Assembly, through our tax dollars, continue to fund them? You know, that particular question could be asked about almost every particular department in state and federal governments the problem is that the citizens either do not ask them or they don't bother to vote for the right people to put an end to the government misuse of our tax dollars anyway the tennessee dcs continues to fail their audits and their new commissioner is seeking a huge increase in their budget we tennesseans fund this failing department with a billion dollars annually already. I'll be keeping a close eye on this situation as it unfolds. But it seems that no matter where you look these days, government is failing the children of this nation. I believe that is on purpose as well. However, there may be a bit of a victory here recently. The 11th Circuit Court of Appeals just upheld a Florida high school's transgender bathroom ban. They ruled that it, the school district there in Florida that had a policy of separating bathrooms based upon biological sex, that it was constitutional. That sounds like common sense prevailing. One of the judges wrote in the 7-4 to four majority opinion that the district's policy does a couple of things. First, The policy advances the important governmental objective of protecting students' privacy in school bathrooms, and secondly, that it does not violate the law because it is based on biological sex, not gender identity.
1: This is a good
0: thing. But get this, though. As a bit of background, though, we need to go back and think about the Roe v. Wade arguments for and against here just for a little bit. One of the primary reasons cited by liberal judges, leftists, and the baby-killing crowd for keeping that decision in place was because it enshrined a constitutional right to privacy. Abortion was my body, my choice, because it was a private matter. Well, the judge that authored the dissenting opinion in the transgender bathroom case we're discussing had this to say in her written opinion. The interest of protecting privacy is not absolute, blah, blah, blah. How about them apples, right? This gender identity malarkey, to quote Brandon there, I believe will turn out to be a passing fad. Well, it will be once reasonable people regain control of school boards and start getting rid of the garbage that is so pervasive in those curriculums right now. That, and getting rid of the influence that these teachers' unions have in public schools, influence that has little to do with education, but has everything to do with confusing children. Once those two things happen, maybe some sort of sanity can be restored to the public education system in our country. Now, I still believe that our nation's public education system, as it is currently composed, It needs to be completely done away with, and we need to start from scratch. Now, in other national news, we have actual conservatives in Congress standing on principle in the vote for Speaker of the House. This pleases me to no end. First, it's because there are some Republican members of the House that are willing to rock the boat against well-established members of the new aristocracy. It's about time. Imagine that, Republicans following Republican principles. Secondly, this gridlock can continue for the next two years and I would love it. Because regardless of who or what party is in power, whenever Congress is up and running, the liberty of the people is being eroded. So, keep fighting this out and grind the operations of the federal government to a standstill. When the ruling elites apocalypse doesn't happen, the people will know that the country can survive without those 435 vampires sucking our life blood out of our wallets. Third, and regardless if there are any ulterior motives for people not supporting McCarthy for speaker, we are all getting a lesson in just who does and does not truly support the constitutional role of government. We are witnessing the elite's preferred speaker willing to make deals with Democrats to obtain his position of power and influence. That alone speaks volumes and is reason enough for me to want somebody, anybody else, in that position.
1: That is the best example
0: of an unprincipled leader that will only continue the usurpations Of the people's liberty. So I'm going to sit back and enjoy the Washington, D.C. poop show for as long as it lasts. Then, once a speaker is elected, we'll start counting the ways the U.S. Congress starts exceeding its enumerated powers once again. Well, that's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. In season three, I will continue closing the weekly episode with wisdom from God's Word. This week, it comes to us from Romans 8. 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. As I talked about earlier, my family and I, as well as our close friends, have had many highs and many lows to close out 2022. Our nation has also had many lows and too few highs during 2022 as well. What all these highs and lows reminded me of is summed up in that verse of scripture. None of us here on earth can fully understand God's timing. The Bible is full of wisdom that reminds us that we can often be impatient when things do not go as we plan, or we can become angry with God when bad things happen to us and to our friends. The Bible also contains the wisdom that demonstrates God's love and guidance shows us we will have peace when we trust in and rest in his plans for us. Our Father has our best interests at heart in all circumstances. When I lost the election, one of my pastors reached out and reminded me that I needed to trust in God's timing and God's plan. It kind of reminds me of an old joke I heard. It goes like this. If you ever want to hear God laugh, Tell him about your plans. During this temporary life, we humans will never know what God's plans for us are. That is what we almost do though, especially in these dark times. This doesn't mean to stop being a light in the darkness for others to see. It also doesn't mean to just sit back and wait for things to unfold. Rest in and trust in his plan. Things may not seem to go our way, but that is because it isn't going according to our plan. For those of us who love God, we can know this, that in all things, God works for the good of us. We may not recognize it as being good for us at that moment in time, and that is where trust comes in. Again, rest in and trust the Creator is working for our good. As I said these past few weeks and in fact past year has reminded me of that quite forcefully. God's timing was quite apparent in hindsight with our friend's sudden passing. Denise and I had just recently returned from Europe and out of the blue our neighbors came over and spent the evening chatting with us in addition to wanting to exchange Christmas gifts. The time spent with Mike and Nikki just days before her passing will be cherished forever and is better than any gift they could have given us. I am also glad that I decided to reach out and mend the relationship with my dad. I can only imagine how awful I would feel right now if I had continued my seven-year span of not speaking with him. It felt good to know that he was still proud of me, as well as knowing he supported me during my campaign. It also felt good that he knew that I still loved him, while he was still coherent enough to understand me when I told him that. That reminds me, I would like to ask the audience for a favor. Please keep my younger brother Rob in your thoughts and your prayers, as he just celebrates his birthday. You see, he has been my dad's caretaker for years now. And I know dad's passing is impacting him the hardest. Not only emotionally, but also with all the stuff that comes with a family member's passing. And all of that is complicated by the fact that they reside in the People's Republic of New York and they have to deal with the legions of bureaucracy and red tape necessary so that the government can get their last bits of flesh out of the citizens. But you know what? There's also the good stuff that happened. We all know that we usually only thank God when we experience the good things. Remember though, Our faith grows more in the valleys than it does on the peaks. I am thankful that I could go with my mother and complete one of her bucket list items. As well as spending time with my wife while she got to celebrate her birthday in two different countries on the same day. The highs and the lows are all part of God's timing. And it is easy to recognize His hand in both. Thank you all for listening this week, and I pray that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And that the coming year provides us all the motivation to grow closer to God by trusting and resting in His plans for our lives. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Revely, it's time to wake up.